This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Elon Musk is a part of it. Why would Elon pay for a giant rocket to maybe get a couple of feet off the ground and um, and then maybe blow up? Andrew C. Ferreira helps us understand why SpaceX's new rockets are headed to space, what they need to try to do, and what does it take to get to the moon? Are you avoiding filing your taxes? Taz Rajan with Bromwich and Smith gives us tips on how to tackle your taxes without the stress and how to get in front of things. And are you okay with quesadillas? And what about losing your phone? All of this and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird, he loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. It is weird, Andrew. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. I appreciate you returning back to Earth. Beaming oh, back down left. to Earth for this. I can't afford. Uh, I can't afford to leave the Earth. I can barely afford I, to leave the city I live in. I'm pretty sure you're in orbit, buddy. Pretty we're all sure. in orbit if you think about it. Just well, we're also tied to a rock. Just depends on which one, I suppose. Could be true. Okay. Um, busy weekend in science this weekend, so all you and your starry space people must be kind of nerding out. I would say, Andrew, what's going on? It, yeah, it's been a bit of a. Well, I mean, it's been a bit of a, a couple of weeks, and tomorrow, today whatever time zone you're in in about seven hours the launch window for uh the spacex starship will open mm-hmm. um and you know it, it, in november nasa's sls launched at the time that was the biggest beefiest rocket that has ever flown uh spacex starship if it doesn't explode immediately uh will take the crown for the you know most powerful rocket uh mm. that has ever taken off um, like it is almost like in terms of thrust, it is almost twice as powerful as NASA's right. SLS block one, uh, which is kind of <laughs> what levels of power. So, okay. But you said, you said if it doesn't explode on, on takeoff. Yeah. So is, is that a concern? Uh, yep. That's a big concern. Oh. Um, okay. If you've been following SpaceX as they've been, and this is the great thing about SpaceX is that the way they've been engineering uh, all of their rockets through all their histories through iterative engineering, right? So they'll wheel out a rocket prototype, light it up, and if it explodes, they learn something, and they don't let the explosion stop them, right? They'll keep wheeling stuff out as it explodes. It doesn't matter. They'll keep doing it until they figure it out. Um, so we've seen a whole lot of, you know, everything from rocket firings to, you know, short little hops to we've seen high-altitude tests, and a bunch of them ended in uh, delightful explosions or uh, rapid unscheduled assemblies, as they like to call them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or disassemblies, I should say. Um, and so the reason I'm saying that if it explodes immediately is because that's just how SpaceX has demonstrated they're willing to to go, right? You know, they want this, of course, to be a complete success, duh. Um, but this is the very first time it'll reach, you know, what is defined as space, which is 100 kilometers above the surface. Right. Um, it's not even going to orbit the Earth once if it all goes to plan. It's going to essentially take off from Texas, head out across the Atlantic, and uh, land back in the water just northwest of Hawaii if all goes according to plan. Uh, so not even one orbit. Um, but even Elon Musk himself, not that I think he actually knows a whole lot about rockets. He's just kind of there. Um, even you know Elon himself in a 
in a, in a Twitter event, he even said, you know, if it gets away from the launch pad and flies a little bit, that's a success. And I would also qualify that as a success. Hmm. Um, you know, I think the odds of it actually making it to Hawaii are fairly slim, um, but certainly not impossible. I can absolutely see it happening. Uh, but we also have to keep in mind that, you know, SpaceX, like I've said before, is a company that's not afraid to let her rip and see what happens, right? And that's one of the reasons why this test has taken so long to get FAA approval, uh, because they're very aware uh, of SpaceX's proclivity for just going, eh, launch it. Um, and they want to make sure that they're not going to do anything that will actually, you know, cause undue harm, uh, you know, to folks on the ground, uh, to people along its flight, pla uh, flight path, its flight path, um, all that good stuff. Because you got to remember that the whole thing altogether, uh, it's 120 meters tall. Right. This is taller than the SLS block one. This is, you know, that's almost 400 feet. Mm. Right. So this is the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, like a 28, 35 ish, depending on how architecturally fancy you want to get floor building hurtling through space. Right. And so the thing that they want to tamp down on is, you know, making sure that they've done all the risk mitigation they possibly can uh, in the, you know, what I call a likely case that, you know, blows up uh, somewhere over the earth that, you know, it poses the threat to the least number of people. Hmm. Uh, well, that would be the scary thing, of course, right? Is it becomes a little wily coyote and, um, you know, like a wayward, a wayward hose, if you will, flailing about. That would be the biggest concern, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, exactly it. It's not like full, full of fuel because it's only got enough fuel to go a little bit, but still. Well, yeah, you know, uh, and we've seen, you know, especially out of China, um, their domestic space program, they've been very whatever about controlling their rockets after a launch. Um, they just kind of land where they land and China just kind of hopes that, you know, doesn't land on anyone. Um, mm. And so far it hasn't as far as we know, which, you know, thankfully, um, but it's not a good precedent to live by. So a lot of the delay in getting Starship, you know, it's fully built now. It's, it's sitting there on its neat little, they call I like to call it like a pair of chopsticks at stand. Um, it's just hanging out there. Um, but, you know, it, they originally wanted to test this months and months ago. Uh, but the FAA has been rightfully, rightfully been like, eh, let's mitigate some risk. Um, so they've been trying to work through that. But, you know, if it goes all according to plan, that'd be fantastic. And if not, well, this is just kind of SpaceX's MO for development. Uh, is this, this feels like it's the last big thing that's been on the books for SpaceX for a while, other than the obvious, you know, go to the Mars stuff. But this was the last real big, like impactful vehicle, wasn't it? Yeah. So they don't really have anything down the pipe besides iterating on what they already have, right? Uh, there's the Falcon Heavy rockets, which we've seen used a few times. And when they land both those boosters at the same time, it's the coolest thing ever. Um, there's, of course, the Falcon 9s, and they've proven through iteration that those are hilariously reusable, fantastic for, for, for costs um, all around. Um, and Starship is really kind of like, as far as we know, the last big thing they haven't really, for lack of a better phrase, essentially mastered. Um, and this is, you know, the very first step for getting that going. Uh, and to give you an idea of the timelines, and Elon's timelines are always insane, uh, and completely unrealistic. Um, but, you know, they want to be doing, by 2025, so, you know, in just about three years, they want to be doing, uh, at that point, about 100 test launches per year of this thing. Wow. Really? Um, and, 
I, I don't doubt that they're capable of doing this, given how we've seen them rapidly scale up Falcon launches, right? Those things are dime a dozen nowadays. Uh, you could probably get three in a week. It's no problem. Um, huh. But, you know, to say that they're going to be doing that by 2025, and that's when they want to actually be landing people on the moon, is, you know, starting in 2025 is when that window opens. Mm-hmm. Um, NASA, the, the, the Starship, the top portion of it is going to be the uh, is scheduled to be at least the part of NASA's Artemis program uh, that actually touches astronauts down on the surface of, of the moon uh, as part of Artemis three. Um, and I guess now about 2026. So they've got to work fast and they've got to be efficient. Um, and that, you know, it's something to watch, but we also have to remember that Orion, um, the S- NASA's kind of uh, European space agency sourced capsule uh, had people in it. Uh, after one test flight, or we'll have people in it, sorry, after one test flight. Wow, really? Yep, that's it. And there's no concerns, right? Um, There's probably a couple. (laughs) Oh, there's there's always going to be, right? But, you know, nothing more than what is standard for these kinds of things, right? And so NASA and Space Coast both said, you know, whether it's 500 trials or one trial, as long as all the data is there, as long as we have a good enough understanding of what's happening, there, there, there is no reason to worry more than the, the, you know, the standard background than the obvious uh, worrying. Yeah. So, which one is the uh, the Canadian on? Is it the around the moon or is it on the moon? Around the moon. We're not special enough to get to the moon on the first go. We're not that special. We're special, but oh. we're not that special. Um, no, and that'll be a uh, Jeremy Hansen. He'll be flying on a uh, on Artemis two, which will be uh, towards the end of next year, uh, as far as I've heard. Um, and that'll be a 10-ish day, or I think 7 or 8-ish day uh, joyride uh, around the moon um, with uh, with uh, three other NASA astronauts on board the Orion capsule. And this will be the first manned or crewed. Um, actually, yeah, this will be crewed because there's a woman. It's going to be the first uh, woman uh, to actually enter deep space. Uh, and the commander uh, will be the first person of color to enter deep space. So, wow, after... Ooh, 60 years of space, we're finally starting to get a representative sample of what people on Earth look like in space. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I digress. Um, That'll be the first thing happening, um, you know, towards the end of next year. Uh, Then they hope to be on the moon probably a year and a half after that. So we're looking at 2026, 2027-ish. But I'm of the opinion that this will all... Sorry? Do they do it like NASCAR? Do they just turn left when they go to the moon? Or do they go like anti-NASCAR and turn right? Uh, I mean, they go at it. (laughs) But they got to go go around it. it. They either got to go left or right, don't they? Uh, Yeah, but it's not steering in the way that we would steer a car, right? It's just kind Mm. of you accelerate or or, or decelerate. And because of gravity, the rocket will just follow a path. Not I feel like there's a uh, there's a new Cars movie coming. The only Cars movie they didn't do was the one for space. So this could be a thing. Just saying. That was, I mean, that was Wally. Wally. Oh yeah. no, like Cars, like but but like yeah, the but, Cars guys, like they they yeah, like was the airplanes and Wally is cooler. Yeah. I wasn't the uh, the Wally guy. What was the? Um, oh man, now I'm gonna forget. What was the other robot guy from so mm. long ago? Iron Giant. Nope. No. Longer. Buzz Lightyear? No, longer. You guys are too young for this. Space robot movies. Oh, no, I'm killing me, and shift heads are going to get so mad at me. Um, Was it animated? 
Yes, it's a little yeah. while ago. I did like Big Hero Six actually. I'll think about it. Come on here. Come on. 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 Was it the original Thunderbirds? No. Oh, I love the original Thunderbirds. I thought that was sweet. Was it like Come Lost on. in Space? I don't think so. Short Circuit. There it is. Oh. Number five. Number five was the robot. It's like the original Wally. That's what you made me think of. The original Wally. <sighs> ay, ay, ay. Not animated. But he was cute. He was fun. Short Circuit, that guy. Hey, nope. you know what? That That's Nobody. what matters. Animated or not. As long as it's yes. fun. Uh, and, fun. you know, whatever's going to happen with Starship, um, you know, if it blows up, that's going to be fun. If it flies a little bit, then blows up, that'll be fun. Uh, you know, and if it goes all the way and, you know, lands in the Pacific off the coast of Hawaii, that'll also be pretty fun. Um, what won't be fun is the fact that uh, I'm going to have to wake up for that. It's, again, that's going to they're opening the window at uh, 8 uh, a.m. Central. Uh, so those of you out east, <laughs> lucky you. Um, yeah. Those of me out west, <laughs> I'm going to be up at before six. Wow. Cool. Well, thanks for being here, buddy. I really appreciate uh, the uh, spacey insight and update. Thanks, pal. Always happy to provide. This is the Shift Podcast. Oh, money. I have learned a few things. And that's thanks to inspiration from people like Taz and, and from everyone else that influences my money life. Sometimes money just feels like a game of Tetris, doesn't it? The little money blocks and the, maybe that's the bills. The bill blocks fall down and you're trying to twist them and turn them and fit them all together so you can knock out a couple of rows and then wait for the next ones to fall down into your Tetris game. That's really what money is. Taz Rajans with Bromwich and Smith joins us now. They do insolvency. Taz doesn't want to get there. doesn't want us to get there. So we're talking about a few different things that can help us because it is tax season, maybe, if the CRA doesn't go on straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it, it is time. And as I was at the bank today uh, doing new lines of credit and everything else, I wanted to start this conversation talking about don't be afraid of the conversation. One of the things that we often say, of course, is, you know, uh, less credit card debt, consumer debt, all of those things. Assets is different. Financial advisors can help you with that because you've got, you know, a secured debt. But um, I received a letter from the bank that said, you've been approved for a $22,000 uh, business visa. I don't need a business visa. I have a line of credit that I can use as a visa for the business if ever needed. And um, so I sort of disregarded it. Then they sent me another one a few weeks later. You've been pre-approved. But you know what I did? I went to the bank and I spoke to my business manager and I said, what can we do here? He said, well, the misnomer is, at this bank anyway, that you've been pre-approved for a credit card only. He says, you've actually been pre-approved. He said, so I can actually get you a line of credit for the same value. And then we can just do that instead. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. What's the, he said, well, I can blend it into your current line of credit. We could just increase that because as a business, it's a little different than personal because as a business, there's a lot of notaries and paperwork when you're applying for credit and, and debt loads. But if they offer it to you, you kind of just take it and try not to use it because it's, it's a pain in the ass. Here's the thing. So he went and did the thing. It was half a point interest less than my current line of credit. Nice. And even, at, even in today's times with higher interest rates, so the deal and my building of that and taking care of it has worked. 
So I actually ended up with this offer of more money, which I'm take a wild guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to move everything from the old line of credit to the new line of credit. I'm going to close the old line of credit. Um, and I'm not going to do it right away. I will wait, make sure everything's settled. And there we go. It's only half a percent. Half a percent though can save me a hundred bucks a month. Taz, these kinds of things, we when we get them in the mail, as much as we say, nope, no more debt, that's that's true. It is possible, though, that just asking questions from your banker or your financial advisor or your independent credit union can maybe work out for you in a bigger picture. Don't just disregard it. Or the CRA for that, ca that case, right? <laughs> right. When they send you, by the way, you owe us $10,000, you can call them and say, hey, by the way, let's not do it that way right? So, you know, it is worth it. I guess my point is, is that while Bromwich and Smith and insolvency groups, you guys know how to have those conversations. We as individuals, it's still our money. It's our responsibility. Get in front of those people, ask the questions. Worst case, you've wasted an hour of your time and they say, no, there's nothing I can do. Absolutely. So the learning begins, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, yes, we're, we're the experts at dealing with your creditors when it's gotten to that point. But remember, you're their client end of the day. Shane, you and I both are business owners and we know it's easier to keep the client we have than to go out and get a new one, right? So even when things don't seem great, or like you said, they're making an offer that you're like, no, I don't need this. Just having that conversation, like you say, what's the first case scenario? You stay where you were, but best case scenario, maybe something works out in your favor just because you had the conversation or you opened that piece of mail or you took that phone call. Here on The Shift, privately in the background, we've had conversations about the CRA. My buddy Ryan, he received uh, a bit of an audit. It wasn't a big audit. It was just a, hey, by the way, we're going to need this document if you want that money. And um, so he sent in the document, didn't hear back. I'm being vague for his privacy, of course. And he, uh, they sent him the document, didn't hear back, and he was like, hmm, I should phone them, which you actually don't have to hurry up and do either, by the way. When you become a priority, they will call you. And uh, But if it's money you're entitled to, chase it. Yeah. They tend to spend more time invested in money they want versus money they want to yeah. give. So um, phoning them, getting in the conversation, or getting help with that conversation, you'll be surprised just because the CRA says it's 100 bucks doesn't mean it's actually 100 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, I think that ties in really well with our conversation because it is tax time. And, you know, the famous saying, I'm going to totally age myself, but, you know, they say that only the, the two things you can't escape from are death and taxes, right? And so I think there's this like natural fear of CRA or getting a call or a letter from CRA or just even as we're filing our taxes, like especially us business owners wondering if we're going to owe money to the CRA and, you know, do we, what if we don't have the money to pay CRA right away? So yeah, there are different options for dealing with that CRA debt. There's all sorts of, you know, taxpayer relief programs, the fairness and service code, voluntary disclosure program. So CRA itself has different programs already built in. There's an eligibility requirement, of course, but you're not going to know whether you're eligible for that or not until you get into that conversation with them. Um, and then, yeah, people like Bromwich and Smith, you know, licensed insolvency trustees are able to help you with that, with those debt relief programs um, through the CRA. So it actually isn't true anymore that you can't ex escape taxes. Not, not fully. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you. I mean, you can dance with your taxes. Probably a a safer way to say that, but it doesn't mean that it's always the same all the time and getting a clear picture of where you are, right? Like having the documents, get that stuff aligned. I always call it, know the number. Uh It doesn't mean it's actually the number you're going to have to pay, but you need to know the number somebody's asking of you. Not a lot different than when you go to buy a car or you go to, you know, by the way, it's going to cost you 25 bucks to register it or an inspection and, and all those things. Know the number, because if you go in and you want to buy the car and you know that you've got this much, just know your number. That matters. For sure. Absolutely. Know the number. And that, that requires opening mail, reading mail, you know, picking up the phone, dealing with the situation, which I totally get that phone feels like, you know, 200 pounds sometimes, right? Or more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get, we've all been guilty of that. The envelope comes, you're like, ugh, slide it aside. Goes in the junk drawer, don't ever open it. Oh, right? yeah. So communicating, good or bad, what do we do there? We got to get started. Yeah, for sure. So communicating, you know, with CRA, you know, if, if you get your tax return back and you're owing money or you're starting to get phone calls or something like that, just having that communication. And then, like you said, Shane, knowing your numbers, also knowing... Um, I guess like the repercussions or the consequences of what happens, right? So, you know, I talked about the different debt relief programs that CRA offers. And, you know, one of the questions we need to ask ourselves is, if I participate in one of those, is that going to affect my credit score? And the answer actually is yes, of course, it is going to impact your your credit score if CRA does report it uh, to Equifax or TransUnion, which they will. Um, you know, it'll the impact will will vary depending on the program that you proceed with but let me be clear doing nothing will definitely impact your credit score and it will remain there because now you're not doing anything to get it off of there so you know again sort of facing the music or knowing your numbers or knowing what the outcome is um i think human nature you know you think about if you're walking on ice and it cracks our our natural reaction is to freeze right And not do anything. And for sure, you know, with with a creditor like CRA, like they have such huge reach. They have much more power than any other creditor. We just freeze. We just don't deal with it. And that is the most detrimental impact to your credit score. So, you know, yes, it will impact you either way, whether you do something about it or not. But it's going to have less of an impact on your credit score for less time if you actually do something about it. Interest rates. I owe the CRA a thousand bucks. Should I take out a loan to pay it off? Maybe my loan or should I just, I'm going to buy my groceries on my credit card this month just so I can uh, pay off my thousand bucks to the CRA and be done with it. That interest rate difference is quite staggering between the two organizations if you do something like that. Yeah, I mean, it can be one of the things with the with the different options that CRA has, if you do want to work with the CRA to pay the total amount off, they often in one of the programs will they'll um relieve you of the penalties and the interest not the actual amount that you owe but they will waive the penalties and interest so you know if you're not in that situation if you don't qualify for one of those programs then it, yeah it may make sense you know in, in a situation like you where you are actually able to get a, a half a percent less on your line of credit it may make sense um my caution on that just because of the line of work we're in i always caution when we're borrowing money to pay off debt, you know, or other borrowed money, just, you know, it can be such a slippery slope. So just know that if you are using a line of credit or something to pay that off, it's not like, hey, I have no debt. You don't have CRA debt anymore. You still have your line of credit debt. 
totally fine. Many of us can manage that and, you know, have a plan to pay that off. But just, you know, be mindful of that for sure. My welcome to the game of Tetris, yeah, right? Exactly. Back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So these things matter. If I phone in though, and I say, Hey, I owe you $10,000 plus $2,500 in fees and interest and all those things. Look, I can get you $10,000 today. I will go to the bank. I will post it. I will call you and tell you when it's posted. Can you waive the 2,500 bucks if I can pull that off? Does it depend on the, is it a policy thing or does it depend on the person and how you go about it? It's making the phone call. It's having the communication. It's asking the question. Um, I can't speak on behalf of CRA, but you know, again, as a business owner, I can say, if you pick up the phone and you call me and go, Hey Taz, I know I bought all of these products from you and I haven't paid you. And I know your policy is I got to pay you the full amount plus this interest. But like right now, I'll pay you right now today, the full amount can we do something about it? I, I'm happy to take your full amount today and maybe waive the interest fee because I know I'm getting it today. So again, I can't I can't guarantee CRA will do that, right. but it is about having the communication. It is about making that phone call or, or getting in touch with whoever it is and coming up with the solution. And yes, ask the question for sure don't just take it you know as you were saying earlier it's just like when you when you purchase anything else you know there's the sticker price and then always the question is that the best we can do or hey what if we did this instead ask the question for sure and it may lead you down you know going into a program with them it may just be like yes you know what if that if it's deposited by this time on this date we'll waive those fees for you but you don't know if you don't have the conversation and if you don't ask you know what I learned with them? More so than that, I think, yeah. is they want that file off their desk. Right. Yeah. How many files? And do so they if have? they, as an employee, right, they want to be able to tell their boss, I got check boxes today. And they want that file off their desk. I had a situation about seven or eight years ago corporately yeah. where this guy was just a jerk. He was just a jerk. And he was, I basically had all these mileage write downs to go do bank deposits. And in his opinion, I should have gone to the bank down the street, should not have driven down to close to where I worked. Mm -hmm in order to do my bank deposits. Yeah. So he actually clawed back all of it. And then my accountant said, and my accountant used to work in that audit department. And she said, if we file this today, can we close this case? Like, will you, he's like, well, you can appeal it. I'm going to close it. And she's like, so you're going to close it? Yeah. And she knew that when he closed it, it was off his desk. Right. So the second that it was closed and we got the letter that it was closed, she refiled it. It went through a different person. Right. And all of a sudden it was all done. This is our, this is our appeal. It's done, done. Yeah, and, that's and it was just because that person was a, a bit of a jerk or maybe having a bad day yeah. or whatever it is they were going through. The minute that my accountant knew that they could get that, that file off their desk, it can work in your favor. So don't hesitate to ask questions and see what's possible. It can have a big impact yeah. on it, right? And, you know, and then on the flip side, right, of not dealing with it, not communicating, not opening up the letter, right? There are consequences to not paying your CRA tax debt. And they are, like I said, CRA's reach is greater than any other lender. They can, So not only the interest and penalties, they can garnish your employment income. They can garnish your bank account. They can seize your assets. They can pursue legal action. I mean, it... it what CRA's reaches is much, much greater. And this is, you know, I'm not trying to be fear mongering. This is where all of the fear comes in. But 
this is because you're not communicating with them. You're not discussing right. it with them, right? So always better to have the conversation. And you're so right. You know, when you say, is it a policy thing or is it maybe a person thing? It, it really could be. It could be someone that's, like you say, just having a rough week or just has too much of a, a, a load on them, you know, too many files or whatnot. So definitely second opinion if you can. Um, and, and if it's at that point, you know, there are situations, I, I am a, an example of that. You know, I was a, a mortgage broker in 07, where if you could breathe, you could get a mortgage and nobody was doing home inspections or, you know, condition to financing, right. right? So that was like the heydays as a mortgage broker. I made great money that year, obviously, filed my taxes, paid good tax to CRA. Um, and then in 08, went through my divorce, plus the whole housing industry tanked. And because I went through a divorce and he used to handle my taxes, I buried my head in the sand and just didn't deal with my taxes. So CRA goes, well, this is what you made last year. We're guessing you made that much. So you owe us this much money. It was a huge yep. bill. There was a no way. I didn't even make that much money that year. I didn't make that amount that they wanted me to pay them. And, right. you know, that can sometimes bury you, you know, in, in, debt that could that could be for some business owners that could be your only debt but honestly if it's going to take you you know 20 years to pay that off there might not be a plan through cra that's worth it for you and this is where you know you want to have a good consultation with an expert to see what does make sense what are the other options that are available there are options through cra there are other options and your only other option to deal with cra debt is through a licensed insolvency trustee they won't work with anybody else but you know do a pro con on that have that real conversation and figure out what your options are what is it going to cost you what's the cost benefit here 20 years versus five years that might be a good deal for you so yeah well, to your point of just having the conversation, I wanted to add one other little anecdote yeah. about there was a guy who came and he sat at my kitchen table for an audit and it was a, a small business at the time. And, and he had said, I, you know, okay, show me this. Do you have this? Here are the flags. Do you have this? Do you have this? And so I brought him up my spreadsheets because back then I just had spreadsheets of all the numbers yeah. and he looked at everything. He said, okay, well, there's a few mistakes here. He said, that's not what I'm concerned about. He said, it's obvious to me looking at this dining room table filled with paperwork it's obvious to me you've been trying to do this right. Let me help you. And he went through and he said, we've failed here and you owe 500 bucks yeah. here. But on this side, by the way, this employee is a family member and that qualifies for this and you should have been told this and everything else. So I can actually give you back all your EI and your CPP and all these things that you've contributed here. So based on my rough calculations right here, based on what I know there and what I know there, I'm actually gonna give you $200. <laughs> on top of and then. And well, yeah, and so we're going to close the file, give you 200 bucks. And then he, on the way out the door, this is back when you had those satellite radio antennas that were a magnet on the top of your yeah. car. On the way out the door, he said, he said, I see you have um, satellite radio in your car. I said, yeah. He said, you didn't write that off. I said, no. He said, you should, because you work in the music industry, monitoring music. He said, I would never think twice about a guy like you keeping music channels in front of himself to stay educated. He said, so you need to think about this differently. And that was on the way out the door, right? Mm -hmm. And so don't be surprised that the conversation can can help. Yeah. Not always, but they can, right? And they're just human beings. I thought it was cool. It's depending on who you're speaking to, right? So the power of, you know, speaking to a really 
good, well-qualified tax accountant or, you know, bookkeeper or, you know, having that conversation with CRA if you get the right person. Um, other business owners sometimes, you know, if they're in the same field, can give you some tips. Just do that with caution again. Um, and then yeah. talking to, you know, the experts in their own field, you just never know what you might uncover. Never know what you might uncover, just like Tess. She's a ray of sunshine who joins us here. Uh, Bromwich and Smith, they are insolvency folks. They don't want you to get there, though, but they can help with all of this. If you have tax debt and if you need to deal with that, you can reach out through our Facebook page, and uh, we'll get you in front of Taz too, and introduce you to the people. Um, there is a link here that is an article from the Bromwich and Smith website, which is really good. I'm going to post that at shiftheads.ca, and that's going to be helpful for everybody to at least read the whole thing, not just part of it, and then decide, okay, yeah, I got this or I'm going to get some advice. And I think that's the right way to do this. It's really true. Anyway, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you, are you, okay, okay, okay. Are you okay with... 877-399-9898. You can contribute to in this conversation. Are you okay with <sighs> getting used to this gigantic monitor? My God. You know, what's funny about having a bigger monitor. I feel like I have to scroll further. Like my arm is like, I got what, what you need is a teleprompter or a little, you know, a foot pedal so you can control it and not have to scroll. I don't know how much work that is. I need to like some sort of Star Trek-y wave my hands thing. Mm -hmm. Or you just need a Mr. Sulu. It's coming. Have you seen that, by the way, in some of the new cars? I think it's BMW's i7 that you make hand gestures to turn up the radio. Just turn your, put your hand in front of the radio and turn it like it's a knob. Mm. That's a, now that's a smart car. If you want to, um, if you want to change songs, you kind of just wipe your hand at the screen and it'll fast That's forward cool. to the next song. It's neat. That's cool. It's until you get into an argument or if you're a hand talker and you're like, exactly. and then I went to do this and you're pointing <laughs> and doing hand talky things and all of a sudden the song is changing and the, oh well. Are you okay with quesadillas? Quesadillas. I uh, I like quesadillas, but I think they are inferior to tacos. Personally, I do. I don't know if the Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell counts as a quesadilla, but that would be my one exception to that rule. Uh, yeah, quesadillas are good. I just uh, yeah, I just usually prefer a taco. I feel like I feel like you're right there. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that. Um, I don't think that. I don't really know if I get the quesadilla. You know, like it's basically mm. here is a bunch of flour, flat flour, and a bunch of cheese, and mm. maybe a little bit of chicken. Yeah, yeah, chicken, or like you know, I hate when there's like the big red peppers in there cooked. You know, the textures don't really do it for me. Look, like it can be good. Like there's no bad quesadillas. It's just you know, not my first pick in the Mexican cuisine pool, which is so good and so vast. Mm. Feel ya. All right. Um, Ryan says quesadillas are amazing and they get people excited. Who doesn't love a dad joke about a quesadilla? Mm -hmm. um, listen, this little girl, she's trying to say quesadillas for the first time. What are we going to get for dinner? Oh. Quesadilla? 
I love that. That's so good. Uh, You can feel the excitement of that young lady. Now, what do you expect to really find in there, right? Uh, Maybe some chicken. I would like more chicken in the quesadilla, Mm -hmm. some bell peppers, lots of cheese in there, too, probably a handgun. A Mississippi man has been arrested after a traffic stop led to a delicious discovery. According to WLOX News, during a traffic stop, the passenger, Devin P. Mitchell, hit a handgun inside of a folded quesadilla in a Taco Bell bag. It's kind of genius, actually. Officers then carried a search of the vehicle, finding a distribution amount of methamphetamine, liquid heroin, drug paraphernalia. Oh, my. Um, Mitchell was uh, taken into custody. No word if there was any Pepto-Bismol. I think it's necessary in that regard. Can't get how else are you going to digest a handgun? I mean, that's a, that's a lot of carbs. Oh, is it real? Are you okay with? Hey, so were you hungry when you prepped these earlier? I was actually. I swear, I swear to God, my stomach just growled. I swear, I don't know. Think my mic picked that up, but it just did right now. And I just ate peanut butter toast too. Oof. It was a leftovers kind of night. That's why. Yeah. Are you okay with frozen food? Uh, sometimes. Is that, is that, I think sometimes some frozen food is better than others. Like the Smith song. Um, there is like Crave, those frozen Crave. If you've ever had those, those are amazing. Oh, you're thinking like, like, the breakfast like bowls. prepackaged processed yeah, those ones I was just good. thinking like, I was thinking like just freezing food. Oh, no, no. I mean, like, you go to the frozen food aisle and you get some frozen food, you know, like oh, that kind of yeah. stuff. Or, like, you know, yeah. fish sticks. You can't go wrong with some frozen fish Excuse me, really? frozen fish sticks. What nope, are they called? I can't say. <laughs> frozen fish sticks. There it is. Word well good. Yeah. He's professional. off my week correctly. I mean, hash browns, french fries. Yep. yep. That's a given. Have to have it. Have it every day. Frozen food was used as a weapon in Michigan last week. Oh. Different than the previous story about the handgun and the quesadilla. Can we hear the quesadilla girl one more time? What are we going to get for dinner? Quesadilla? Uh, Please email me that, MP3. I had a feeling you'd like that. Um, a store clerk was actually sent to hospital after a customer attacked him with a frozen fish. The assault happened on April 2nd around 7.30 p.m. at the Desi Fruit Market. The Macomb County Prosecutor's Office tells CBS News Detroit that it all started after a customer became angry when the market employee told him the fish counter was closed. The prosecutor's office says that's when the customer, Jobu Hussein, grabbed one of the fishes in the freezer and hit the employee over the head with it. That employee was transported to the hospital, and Hussein is now facing a charge of aggravated assault. Prosecutor Peter Lucido says this is one of the most bizarre cases he's seen in his career. A frozen fish to commit an assault is outrageous. Lucido says the case has received a lot of attention as some have made jokes about the incident, but Lucido doesn't think it's funny because the victim could have been seriously injured. Taking a frozen fish and using it as a as a weapon 
uh, let's face it, a chunk of ice, I mean, it could do a lot of damage because it could penetrate the skin. Lucido says this is just another example of people not knowing how to solve conflicts without violence. Clearly, this was a case that somebody probably acted without thoughtful process of the consequences. Yeah, that's usually what happens with crimes. Yeah. Not a lot of thought of consequence. Um, I'm okay. That's CBS Detroit, by the way. Jobel Hussein is facing aggravated assault charge. Macomb County prosecutor Peter Lucido told the news. I never thought I'd have to say this, but if you assault someone with a fish in our county, you will be prosecuted. Frozen fish is dangerous if you use it to hit someone in the head. I agree. Like that part is probably not okay, but you got to be yeah. honest. Tell me you've never thought about like what it'd be like to slap somebody with a fish in the face. Yeah, it's what I feel like this happened in The Simpsons. I don't know why, or maybe I'm just confusing. Is it Old Man Jenkins that gets frozen and the Quickie Mart freezer, and then he's the second guy who also says that's a bad one. So now I'm like combining the two in my head. But uh, yeah, I feel like the fish would be like oddly satisfying. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, maybe. I think I just think that like if it wasn't frozen, like a good old slap on the face would probably feel great. And it would probably sound really funny. I bet the sound would be so good. Very smelly though. Like it just wouldn't. It wouldn't be. I, I'm thinking probably this. I feel like this happened on Jackass. That's where mm. I feel like. I'm pretty sure yeah, I saw somebody be. hit someone with a fish there. Don't think it was in the face though. If it was Jackass, nope, okay. definitely not. Are you okay with losing your phone? Well, I don't think anybody's really. You know what? I've actually never lost my phone. I've broken my phone. I've cracked it. I've I've smashed it by accident. I've done all that, but I've never lost it, which is funny because I've lost my glasses while they were on my face. Mm. <laughs> like I've done that. Or I'm like, where are my glasses? Oh, I'm wearing them. Where am I? Where's my phone? Oh, it's in my pocket. I've done that, but I've never actually like lost it and had to go find it or anything like that. Yeah. Luckily, so not tell away. me about this millennial concert trend where millennials, maybe it's Gen Zers, throw their phones at the artist in order to get them to take a selfie. Oh, you I can't hand that. it because they're not close enough. And then um, yeah. you see that. The reason why I ask is because there was a concert where it was a hip hop show. And um, the rapper was sort of on this thrust part of the stage. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden, he got hit with like four phones. And he was mad. So he just chucked one as far back as he could into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Don't throw your phones. They will hurt. They're like, they're solid. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little Uzi Vert. That's who it was. Thanks, John. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, like, it's like getting hit with a rock. I, the idea is to like, hey guys, look, little Uzi took this photo when I was at the show or took a selfie. I'm pretty sure like Post Malone did it once and then that kind of started the trend, but it is a stupid trend because you could hit someone, hurt them. Uh, I even saw, I remember when we were talking about the Be Real app where you're supposed to take a picture at a certain time throughout the day very candid i saw a guy took his phone and he threw it up in the air and had it on a timer so the b-reel took this amazing photo of the crowd from above and then you know it has the guys in the background and he caught it but if he didn't catch it like that's that phone landing on someone's head that could really like the frozen fish that could hurt someone so don't mm -hmm. i wouldn't do that uh, Ryan is our new safety manager, just so you know, here on the shift. He's very safety pants about, O'Donnell. 
Um, uh, KTRK News, by the way, um, has this report for us about losing your phone. Now, I lost my my AirPods, right? Oh, yeah. Remember us talking about that last week? Yeah. Did you you find them? Well, do you remember when we were on the phone today and I was like, oh, let me put my AirPods in. Oh, yeah, they were. I was surprised you didn't say anything. Where, uh, no, I was, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We're going to talk this story. Okay, okay. All right, jump in there. You ever lost your phone? Find my phone. It's called Find My. Um, it used to be called Find My iPhone, but Find My is an interesting, um, it's an interesting little app where you can see all your devices that are, that are on there. For example, my AirPods said they were in the driveway. I looked everywhere, could not find them in the driveway, but they said they were in the driveway, right? The case was in my pocket. AirPods were in the driveway. Phone was in the house, that kind of thing. So, um, it works really kind of well because that's where my AirPods were. It was in the driveway. But what happens when it glitches and sends you to the wrong place? For some reason, Find My iPhone app is giving out a Texas man's address by mistake, and it's not going well. Well, the cops are on their way over here, so you may want to come talk to me before they come here. Upset and frustrated, this woman threatens to call the police because she believes the person at this address in Richmond stole her lost phone, and she's not the only one. Not even close. My brother's phone was lost, and the lost ping location was right here. The homeowner, Scott Schuster, though, says he has never stolen iPhone, AirPod, or anything of the sort. Had to wake up and go answer the door and explain to them that I don't have their device. And uh, people don't tend to believe you. Just saying it doesn't make any sense that the phone saying it's here. Schuster isn't sure why the Find My iPhone app is pinging his address either. He says he's just as upset as the people showing up at his door. With two young kids, seven and nine, he's worried for his family's safety. There's plenty of irrational people in the world that... If they're angry, if they're drunk, if they, you know, have had a rough night and they lost their phone and thought it was stolen, um, that's my biggest concern. Someone coming to the house, um, you know, potentially with a weapon. Yeah, it's not good, right? Scott Schuster has called the Apple support many times, messaged them, filed a report, radio silence from Apple. Now, he happens to be a software engineer and he has his own theories, but can't be sure as to why it's happening. He did not share his theory and Apple has yet to be responding. I mean, there's got to be a reason, isn't there? Like, come on. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Like that specific address or I don't know. There might be Multiple something that's times. like. I, I don't know if they use a satellite to find your stuff. It's GPS, or, yeah. It's, yeah, it's GPS. So there could be something that's, you know, messing up the GPS's signal around there, Ooh. like a dish that's pointed the wrong way. Or aliens. Or that's more, yeah, could be aliens. I would go with aliens. So, yeah, so I found my AirPods. My my neighbor, Scott, ding dong. Hey, man, found your AirPods in the driveway. They were, they had gone, we have like a wood chip garden area on the side, and they fell out of, must have fallen out of my pocket or off my lap, and they were just off the side of the driveway. I mean, I pulled in and out of there a bunch of times. I did not run them over. They both worked. It's rained, it's snowed, it's all the things. They still work. Got to give credit to the durability of those things, man. Wow. Um, yep, but I have them back now. So after my bad luck week last week, uh, at least one of the things have, has self-corrected, if you will. It feels pretty good to get those back. That's the best thing. Like, like when you lose your wallet, that's one thing. But when you get your wallet back, oh, that feels so good. That feels so good. I lost my wallet for a year and a half once. A year Figured and a half? Figured out where it went. Yeah, found it again. Where'd it go? Uh, and lost is such a, we get that word wrong, right? We always say we lost it. Why didn't You didn't lose it. You misplaced it. Like you only lost it when you quit trying to find it. <laughs> Right. Um, 
No, I put it on a shelf. I had a shelf, small little shelf by my door in the garage, and it fell behind it. So it must have bumped the shelf and fell in behind, and there we go. All it was gone. So I did what every normal person would do. I sold the extra driver's license to someone underage so they could bootleg beer. Good Samaritan. I do a good service. not. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone's going to email me like, I can't believe you're such a bad example for I'm all the pressing charges. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.